The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? Welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for The Rap and Bloody Disgusting, and everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold. I write for IGN and TV Guide. And today, <laughs> Ghastly Toba continues! <laughs> <laughs> With Jekyll! Just kidding. Uh, yeah, so... um <laughs> As we've as we have been expanding the network and adding episodes and uh, trying to cram in as much as we possibly can, we ran into some scheduling snafus. So we're doing two episodes this week, and uh, in order to make sure we got it out as quickly as we could, we're jumping a little bit ahead. Mm. Both of uh, the shows we're doing this week were uh, voted on by our Patreon subscribers. We just changed the schedule a little bit, so we'll be doing Jekyll in a few days. But right now, we're going to be talking about. A failed reboot of one of the most beloved sitcoms of the 1960s. The heyday of the American sitcom. Especially the goofy American sitcom. Where you could do a sitcom about castaways or a family comprised of universal monsters. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da! It's Mockingbird Lane. On Friday, October 26th, NBC invites you to an all-new Halloween event. The Munster family is moving in. Cover yourself. What will the neighbors think? The neighbors should be more concerned with what I'm thinking. For an entirely new experience. My grandpa's gonna eat you. Kids. Mockingbird Lane, the Friday before Halloween. All right. I have to reveal right off the bat that I am no fan of the Munsters. At all? Um, when I was a kid, I liked the Munsters. I liked okay. the, the just the monster shenanigans, and I love the cast of the Munsters. Uh, I especially love Fred Gwynn as Herman Munster. He's great. He's, he's hilarious. He is iconic. Yvonne DiCarlo as Lily is also fantastic. Mm-hmm. The idea of a family of monsters living on your street in a sitcom idyll is also kind of a funny idea. Mm. I went back and watched some Munsters, and that show's not funny. <laughs> it's pretty broad and it's, dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's not really funny anymore. Um. That said, The Munsters has perhaps the single best theme song of any sitcom or any TV show in the history of television. Well, what I think is weird is that The Munsters, which are frequently compared to The Addams Family, mm-hmm. uh, and that they're both a families, families of ghoulish people who mm-hmm. live in suburbia and are unapologetic about how weird and monstrous that they are, and a lot of the humor comes from quote-unquote normal people responding to that weirdness... And they both have super iconic, awesome sitcom themes. <laughs> and we're on for the exact same amount of time. Like, mm. they debuted within, like, two weeks of each other they, yeah, they and were, were running, canceled the same year. They were running concurrently. So it, that was a good year to be a monster lover. Yeah. Those, those years. I, I'm a huge fan of the Addams Family, just mm. in general. Um, they were my jam. They were my jelly. They mm. were my honey. They were my they, nougat. They do what they want to do, say what they want to say. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I'll stop that. Uh, the monsters. I I was not as deeply in love with the monsters. The yeah. monsters felt a little bit more kitty. Like they were for like yeah, little they, kids. That's what yeah. the monsters felt like. Everything was really broad and arch, and it felt mm. the tone of it always seemed to me more like. You ever watch like a live action sitcom on Nickelodeon? Like it's just a bunch of bright faced kids. I never and, did, but yeah, yeah, it's just a bunch of it's really bright and silly and arch, and there's no sense of reality. Everyone just feels kind of broad and dumb, and that's that's what they're going for. Mm. There's no denying it, but it's just it's kind of designed to like get kids excited to watch this thing, and that's kind of how I felt even as a kid watching the monsters. I felt like I was being pandered to a little bit. Yeah, like I mean, hey kids, look, it's a monster, and they got a monster, and the monster, and there's a monster over there, and, and they're fun, and I'm like they're okay. They they were fun. They made, but the stories were all just typical sitcom things. Yeah, uh, as opposed to the Adams family, where every, their values were so skewed on that show, mm-hmm. and they're actually doing things like hurting and murdering each other gleefully. Yeah, that's not something they did in the monsters. They talked about how. Their creatures, yeah, and, and you know, they've lived thousands of years, etc. And but. Herman and Herman Munster, who was of course a Frankenstein, he married a, a vampire. Her mm. father was a vampire. Uh, their son was a werewolf, which was never really explained. And uh, they also had a cousin, Marilyn, who mm. was totally normal. Like, in every conceivable way, but was a loving part of the family. Everyone liked her. She was like the black sheep of the family. They had a dragon in the basement. Yeah, all of these things are cool, uh, but it was just really jokey and silly, and there'd be bits where Herman Munster, as a Frankenstein monster, would, like, burst through the wall Mm -hmm. just because he's a monster. And, of course, he'd he'd be fixed in the next scene. He'd he'd freak out if he saw a flame. You know, little little jokes like that, but they never really ran with it in the monsters. Yeah, it was, again, the show was fine. It was fine. Yeah, Fred, Fred Gwynn carried that show. A lot like, of it, he's, yeah. He's really... And Al Lewis, to a degree. Al Lewis was, uh, was Grandpa. grandpa yeah, yeah, Grandpa was good. Um, but the Munsters were beloved. They were likable. Even if you mm. didn't love the show, there was nothing really wrong with the Munsters mm. themselves. So mm. they kept bringing the Munsters back in different TV specials yeah, there was, and there was, uh, reboots. They did the Munsters Today, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was in the late 80s. But actually, let me look up the dates on the Munsters Today. Right. Yeah, it was followed by the Munsters Today, uh, which was uh, b- b- 88 to 91. It actually lasted three seasons. Which uh, is which, kind of a lot, considering no one a, talks about that a, show. A cheap 1980s color knockoff of the same thing, and even less funny. It's it's an insufferable show. I've seen like three episodes of the Munsters <laughs> Today. I've never they, seen it. Uh, something we could probably do on Cancel Too Soon, there was an animated pilot at one point that just oh. sort of like slipped through and nobody paid any attention to. In fact, I remember reading uh, uh, that there was some discussion about whether to do the Munsters as an animated show or a live action show. Hmm. Um, and of course, they ended up deciding on live action. There was some discussion of whether to do it in color or in black and white, and they decided to do it in black and white because it evoked the Universal Monsters. Mm. Also, it's a good way to cover cheap makeup effects. Yep. Also helpful. Mm. Um, but yeah, it did its thing. It was about as popular as The Addams Family. Both of them had mm. relatively short runs, but about 70 episodes. Uh, I think initially, but, and it never left the public consciousness, and so it only made sense that eventually someone would want to reboot it in the 21st yeah. century. Now, the word "monster" is pretty silly. It's supposed to sound like monsters, but it's a last name, Munster, like the cheese. So you can't say the Munsters in a modern context because it's too goofy. Unless you're going to go like all like full on Adult Swim with it, and uh, so they they wanted to do an earnest reboot of the Munsters in. 2012. Yeah, it would still be funny, mm. but it wouldn't be as goofy. Yeah, it wouldn't be a silly sitcom. It would be a horror comedy show. Mm. They're not going to call it The Munsters. They're going to name it after the house where they lived, which was on uh, 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Yeah. So they called the show Mockingbird Lane. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine title for a reboot of The Munsters. They got, mm. uh, and they're going to sex it up 
and make it really hip. Yeah, and, and, lots and of violence, lots of murder, violence and style, and kind of a wicked attitude. They're and gonna really modern up, and and then Poochie's gonna wear big sunglasses. Okay, hang on. Okay, who may, d- maybe not quite that far. Let's 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 talk about. I think mm-hmm. a, a smart decision that they made. I'm okay. not sure if. Uh, Brian Fuller pitched this or if he was brought onto it. But they brought Brian Fuller onto this show to develop it. He mm-hmm. wrote the screenplay for the pilot. Brian Fuller is probably best known for executive producing Hannibal, mm-hmm. which is an enormously cult hit show yeah. that it, you watch the first season I of. Season you weren't of it, yeah. a huge fan, but you can see that it has a very particular fetishized style, mm-hmm. an oddball, dark sense of humor. Yeah. Um, and that's something he brings to a lot of his shows. He also did shows like Pushing Daisies. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's credited on Star Trek Discovery, although that show was taken away from him. Yeah, he developed it and then he left before the first season was produced yeah. and they changed a lot of stuff. Um, he's got a lot of great ideas. He also has a weird history of only lasting like one season on the show <laughs> and then the sh- he has to leave through creative differences. It happened with American mm-hmm. Gods as well. But he's always very particular, always brings a certain, uh, uh, very, a lot of flash and a lot of style. And the monsters are totally up his alley. Mm. You know, they're dark, they're funny, they're sweet. You like their personalities, but they're also unapologetically monsters. That's totally a Brian Fuller shebang. Um, we got an interesting cast as Herman Munster. We got Jerry O'Connell, uh, who you probably know from everything from Stand By Me to Sliders to, to, to Scream 2. To, to Piranha 3D, even. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he's been around. You know Jerry O'Connell. Uh, matinee good looks. Very handsome man. And uh, he's uh, an interesting choice for Herman Munster because he's also just got this boy-next-door quality to him. Mm-hmm. And they want Herman to be as likable as possible. He's probably the most likable member of the adult cast. Uh, but he's also a monster. And rather than have him look like the big flathead, mm. bolt on his neck, uh, you know, Frankenstein which, monster. Which they play with. There's a shot in this pilot where he's uh, standing in silhouette. Like in front of a with, lamp. With like a, 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 like a chandelier, like a lamp hanging behind him. And for a moment it looks like he has bolts on his neck. And then the, li- the lights come up and he doesn't. But, it's yeah. a cute little joke. But what he does have is scars all over because mm. he has been turned yes, into right. a Frankenstein monster by Grandpa Monster. Yeah, he's got a scar around his neck at somebody else's head. Thank goodness he got Jerry O'Connell's head. <laughs> Poor Jerry yeah. O'Connell. He died. Jerry, yeah, so Jerry O'Connell. That Jerry would have been O'Connell's, a great episode where we find out he killed Jerry O'Connell for his head. That's why he looks like Jerry O'Connell. He actually has his head. That would be really, really But yeah, fun. he's got like scars and different body parts. He's got a big zipper on his chest and mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of like gears, steampunk like gears inside his body. So he can like rip body parts out and he's still okay. So he doesn't really look a lot like his original character, but I feel like the spirit is there. He's still the everyman. So it's no, good he's, dad. He's, he, the good dad part, yeah. perhaps, but that's typical sitcom stuff. That's not ne- necessarily Herman Munster. Herman Munster right. was kind of a lovable oaf. I think that's why we liked him. He was a gigantic monster who couldn't help himself. Mm. This guy can. He's actually kind of a sex bomb. <laughs> He's, right, well, he's, way, he's way too assured and well-thinking to, to be compared to the original Herman Munster. Well, in any case, uh, his his wife, Lily, is mm. now played by Portia de Rossi. Mm. Uh, Who looks like Portia de Rossi, so these are like sexy monsters. They are sexy monsters. Mm. Um, I like the bit where like they, they bring in the coffins to their house on Mockingbird Lane, mm. and she emerges from the coffin naked, and a whole bunch of spiders like crawl in from the roof. And like, and, like spin s- webs around her. That's a cool scene. That's a nicely yeah. done bit of gothic awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got Grandpa Monster, who is played by Eddie Izzard. Who's not 
too much older than Jerry O'Connell and Portia de Rossi. Then again, he's Dracula. They he's, talk yeah. about this a lot. He's basically Dracula. He's been around for centuries, so it really doesn't matter how old he looks. Yeah, he just do, looks a little older than that. They do put him in old age makeup. They make him look older than he is. But, but then yeah. it turns out that the reason he looks older than he is is because he has been he has not been drinking blood for a while. Mm. Because of reasons that are kind of vague, but when he starts drinking blood again, you'll notice like the makeup changes and he looks a little younger. There you go, which yeah. is cute. Uh, and then we've got uh, Mason Cook as uh, Eddie, Eddie Munster, Munster yeah. who in a really cute opening sequence, it opens with a uh, Boy Scout troop in the middle of the woods, mm. and they're attacked by a werewolf, and then all the kids are running around. Everyone, run! Where's Eddie Munster? <laughs> Someone find Eddie Munster. He's missing. <laughs> that brings me out of funny. Um, so he has just turned into a werewolf. He has just hit puberty. He's mm-hmm. just turning into a monster. And he doesn't know it yet. And they haven't told him he's a werewolf yet. And then lastly, we've got Charity Wakefield as Cousin Marilyn. I love Charity <laughs> Wakefield. She is a really underappreciated actor. She keeps being in like things that are almost like hits and almost awesome. Mm-hmm. And then they just aren't but uh i do think it's only a matter of time before people start to realize just what a good great actress she is and what a fine she can be uh-huh. um probably people might recognize her best as um the co-lead in the doctor who christmas special the return of dr mysterio where she was playing like a, a lois lane type which which doctor was that? That was um, was it Capaldi. It was Capaldi. Uh, that yeah. was that was after I. It was one watching. Of, it was not a great special, but she All was right. really good in it. Okay. Um, she was also in a failed pilot, also from Brian Fuller, that I really want to do sometime, called High Moon, which is hmm. basically uh, if you've ever seen the MST3K episode Moon Zero Two, uh-huh. it's Moon Zero Two, the expensive television series, <laughs> very sixties, oh, very ultra stylized, very funny. All right. She's great in that. Um, so she's a great cousin, Marilyn. Mm. I do say that. I think the cast is pretty spot on. Mm. Um, you, we take issue with Herman Munster, but I do like Jerry O'Connell nonetheless. Uh, Jer- Jerry O'Connell is fine. Just a, the, the whole series does feel like a pretty limp attempt to sex up the monsters. It's like the Fox version. <laughs> it's an air on Fox, but it feels like this is like the tinkering Fox would do to try to make the monsters sexy. Yeah. And, and you know, Jerry O'Connell and Portia de Rossi are sexy there when they're reunited after tra- moving into 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Uh, they, they have sex in their new home and Herman Munster is spent. He flops down on the bed and Lily Munster is spent and she flops down on the ceiling. That's cute. It's, that's cute. I like it's, all that. It's, yeah, cute little visual thing. And she, she can turn into wisps of smoke. But it all feels really contrived to me. Oh, no, it is really contrived. Yeah. It's the Munsters. It's, I know it's the Munsters, <laughs> like, but like, it's, not, it's not self-aware at all. No, I, uh, but I think I think there's a certain sort of neo-sincerity to that, though, where we're having a certain amount of fun at the fact that we're the monsters and we're doing some visual jokes, mm-hmm. but the characters are sincere. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're getting at, whether or not it's successful, is they want us to take the characters seriously, even if their shenanigans are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a tough line to cross. It's a tough line to, to, to walk, walk, sorry. Yeah. Um, we need to talk about the elephant in the room. Sadly, there is no elephant on the show. Uh, I am referring to the director of the episode, mm. <laughs> uh, who is uh, Brian Singer. 
which I actually didn't realize when we put this on the poll. I might not have been yeah. as enthused about covering it. Uh, Brian Singer, best known for a couple of things like directing the X-Men, directing the Usual Suspects, mm-hmm. also for having a long string of really horrible allegations against him. Yeah, ever since... During the production of Apt Pupil, mm-hmm. which way back in the late 90s, people started coming forward about things he was doing with younger men. And oh. um, it's been just sort of steady, steady allegations ever since. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's denied it, them all and he's not gotten in any trouble. But it's mm. it goes to a pattern here. And There's uh, a very distinct pattern here. Um, uh, and he, look, I, I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah. I don't want to get into a lot of detail about this. Um, I, I find him gross. I mm. regret being a fan of some of his earlier films, even though mm. many of them are reasonably well made. Uh, and no, I'm not going to actually find a lot of faults in the direction of this episode. It's fine. However, I see nothing in this episode that any other director couldn't have done. Well, it's kind of curious that they got Brian Singer because at the time, 2012, uh, and this was before a lot of allegations started coming forward in earnest. So he yeah. was just known for the guy who did X-Men, X-Men 2. Mm-hmm. He was known for a wrangling really complicated things as a director. And yeah. here he is directing the monsters. I never really saw, like, monster movie in this guy. Yeah. Uh, well, he did do a lot of television. He did House, which was mm-hmm. basically a reworking of Sherlock Holmes, but in the medical field. And indeed, yeah. that's a good show. Um, and he produced some other shows as well. So his TV work isn't on the same level of complexity. A lot of his movies are about sort of interweaving storylines occurring simultaneously. Right. A lot of them, I imagine, are made in the editing room because there's a lot of complicated editing yeah, involved. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's probably more in that vein where it feels more like he's just setting the stage mm. for a TV series, which yeah. is all you're really doing to pilot. I kind of wished that they had had someone who like had a little bit more of a monster sensibility though. Yeah. Uh, and this, this goes oh, to, you imagine if Joe Dante had directed yeah, this. Some, oh, Joe, cool. da- Joe Dante would have been totally game in 2012 to yeah. do the monsters. He would have loved it. Uh, yeah. The, uh, and this goes to the divide that we, uh, we got into when we were discussing, when we were reviewing the new Adams family film, Yeah, how the Adams family are outsiders and they love how freakish they are. They don't, they just sort of pursue their interests, and their interests just happen to be death and horror. Uh, the Munsters are a much more amenable family. They're just warm, and they get along in the community. They just happen to look like universal monsters. They don't actually murder people on the Munsters. They murder people in the Adams family. Uh-huh. And they definitely <laughs> murder people in the new in the Mockingbird Lane, yeah, though. And, and I feel like so, what they were trying to get at was, what if the Munsters had all the good bits from the Adams family? Well, I was going to say, what if the the Munsters were the Adams family? Basically, it's what we're getting at. Only That's not think, the worst idea. So think think of Gomez now, though, instead of uh, being this sort of uh, wonderfully sexy. Uh, loving husband Lothario type who's just sort of always kissing on his wife and always really excited about sort of the monstrous things that his kids are doing and turn him into a little bit more of a mopey, doe-eyed hero dad. Right. But the rest of his family Mm. is very monstrous Mm. and he's got to deal with that. Um, Well, specifically Grandpa's monstrous. Especially Grandpa. Um, So... The, the plot of the episode is really very straightforward. Uh, they move into Mockingbird Lane. Mm. After the werewolf incident with the scout troop, they have to move. Mm. Makes sense. Eddie likes to being a scout so much he stays in his uniform all day. Which is fine. He says they make a joke of it. It's like he needs a sense of stability and identity. Mm. Um, 
And uh, they send Cousin Marilyn out to find a house. And the first she's looking at 1312 Markingbird Lane, <laughs> which seems fine. And they're just like, oh, this house is okay, but what's that one? And the camera turns across the street, and it's this nightmarish hellscape. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, you wouldn't want that house. It looks great. No, a serial killer is in that house. It's full of. We still haven't found all the dead hobos <laughs> that are in the walls. And she's, she's like, sounds perfect. Yeah. But all the. De- what about all the homeless dead people? Well, they found a home. <laughs> See, Marilyn is the Adams family. Yeah, Marilyn's she, she's, great. She's straight out of the Adams family. Marilyn's great. Right? So they get the house, they bring all the monsters in, and the main crux of the storyline is now that Eddie Munster is becoming a monster, and mm-hmm. after the. Marilyn is very much the black sheep of the family, more so than ever, because mm-hmm. people actually say, like, uh, Marilyn, you shouldn't be ashamed of yourself. We're ashamed of you, but that doesn't mean we don't love you. <laughs> like, she's. It's weird mm-hmm. that she's human. That yeah. freaks them out. Mm. And it's one of the reasons I got the impression that uh, Lily and Grandpa don't drink blood anymore is because they don't want to drink Marilyn. And that's one of the reasons mm. why they say, like, you're not going to live with us, are you? Like, mm. no, we want you to go away because we're going to start drinking blood. <laughs> like, Eddie is a, is a monster now. We don't have to pretend. We don't have to worry well, about the, eating the, him. We, the appeal of Marilyn Munster uh, in the original, first of all, she was like the sex bomb. Well, yeah, I mean, she looked like it, Marilyn Monroe. And, and, yeah. and, and Yvonne DiCarlo as well, a lot of people. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, who played Lily? Uh, Marilyn Munster was yeah. She was the the bombshell on this otherwise monstery show. Who liked hanging around with monsters? So if you're kind of like a monst- a guy who's into monsters, well, here's this babe that's meant to appeal to you. That yeah. segment of the audience. Yeah. And, and some great things did come out of the monsters. I'm not saying it's a total wash. No, no, no it just wasn't for us. Yeah. Um, and in this and, case, and I, will, I will forever revere Dragula. Oh yeah, the the, the, the monsters car. car. The monsters car is really the monsters cool. car is awesome. Rob Zombie wrote a song about the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, in this case, Marilyn isn't so much like just a member of the family. It feels like she's like James Mason in Salem's Lot. <laughs> Where she's like just there to sort of keep an eye on them and make mm-hmm. sure that they're taken care of and that people don't get murdered too much around the house. Like she's just there as like their beard. Yeah. Which is fine. I think uh, uh, Charity Wayfield plays it really well. Um, so meanwhile, uh, everyone's sort of trying to figure out how we're going to raise Eddie. And Herman, who remembers being human, mm-hmm. Wants Eddie to be as human as possible. Everyone else wants to. Grandpa wants him to be as monstrous as possible and takes him on hunting trips mm. where Grandpa turns into a bat monster and like eats a puma. Try, tries to get him to turn into a wolf and eat mon- eat creatures. Yeah. The uh, story they've told him is that the werewolf attack at the scout camp was just a bear. It was a baby bear. Yeah. He's like, I don't remember anything about the baby bear. Oh, there was a baby bear. We assure you. Never mind. It wasn't you as a werewolf. Not at all. No, 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 no. And so they haven't told him that he's a werewolf and because he blacks out, he doesn't know that he's a werewolf. Yeah, and by the end of the episode, he finds out. It's really awkward. It's one of those, mm-hmm. you know, conversations with the family, everything like that. And um, uh, there's an interesting conversation that he has with his mom, where she's trying to get him to evolve his morality because he's like, I don't want to eat meat mm-hmm. and people, and she's just like, Well, I do, mm-hmm. and and he's just like, Are you going to eat people now, mom? Like like grandpa. I might <laughs> like it's this interesting sort of outre lifestyle that yeah. they're trying to um yeah it's odd kind of kind of woke kind of kind of creepy at the same time 
Um, meanwhile, Herman Munster is, has a problem. His heart is giving out, and it's the last piece of him that's from the original version of Herman Munster. So he's very attached to it, yeah. and he doesn't want it to go. And it, and it keeps breaking down, and the reason it's breaking down is because he loves too much. Yeah, he loves... That's a little corny. He loves Lily so much that his heart keeps working overtime and copping out, and Grandpa Munster keeps rebuilding him over and over, and he just says, listen, man, the next mm. time it goes, I can't fix this. Mm. So, And in fact, he starts looking around at the neighbors for a replacement heart, yeah. For Munster. And the rest of that neighbor will go to Lily. <laughs> Lily, and Lily and Grandpa. They'll, yeah. they'll just eat him. They'll just eat him directly. Um, now, I was unclear as to whether or not they're going to just drain his fluids, like drink his blood. Or are they also cannibals? Are they going to, like, just eat his whole body? I think, they, I, think, I think if Eddie was into it, they would have given him to Eddie. Okay. As a, as a uh, werewolf. Because okay. he's, he's, he's a carnivore. Everyone else so drinks blood. Herman gets his heart. Yeah. Then they kill him kosher style and they drink his blood. <laughs> And then Eddie gets a kosher neighbor. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it all works out. It's not kosher, sir. That depends on how we kill him, sir. Thank you, Monty Python. Um, we haven't talked about sort of the, the key stats here real fast. Uh, this is a failed pilot. Oh, that's right. that came out we didn't get to do the vitals. We, yeah, uh, the I, vi- I did say it was 2012. Anyway. Yeah, it was 2012. It aired on October 26, 2012. As, as on like M- a uh, Halloween special. Yeah, I think they had already passed on the pilot, but because it was kind of Halloween-y and had a big cast, mm. and you know they did all the visual effects it for it. aired as a special anyway. It, yeah, and um, it did okay mm. in the ratings. Uh, it aired opposite episodes of Kitchen Nightmares, mm. NCIS, and Shark Tank. So there really wasn't a lot of similar competition out at that mm-hmm. time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I digress. Moving on. Uh, so the plot basically is when they bring Eddie to his new Boy Scout troop, the Boy Scout master has the exact same, like, overworking heart when he sees Lily. Mm. Because Lily's hot. Because <laughs> so, she looks like Portia de Rossi. <laughs> so they invite the like, Scout master mm. over to dinner, and the last, like, act of the episode is then bringing him over for dinner and basically everyone knows he's going to die except for Eddie. Oh, and even he figures it out pretty soon. He's like, grandpa's going to eat you. And he's like, ah, kids. Oh no, no, I am. <laughs> and then, and then Marilyn's trying to get him to like, Hey, this has been really nice. Now run, run, run. <laughs> and then, and then the joke is, and it's really funny in trying to save him. It's actually Marilyn who accidentally kills him. Yeah. Which I thought was really yeah, funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, oh, and the other thing is, in order to sort of make Eddie feel better as he's moving to a new house, he's getting this new stage of life, uh, like a lot of parents do in big transitional periods for their kids, they get him a pet, and the pet, is Spot, and Spot, Spot is the dragon, it's a big fuck off dragon that looks actually really awesome. Well, in this one, the dragon can turn invisible, which I think was a conceit in the original series. It I mean, was that, was, that was just them cheaping it out. Yeah, yeah. They, they couldn't afford to do a dragon effect in the 1960s, so... If memory serves, that was a thing. In this one, we kind of, we see a CGI dragon sort of, like, phase in and out of visibility, which is mm. always a bad effect. They well, always overdo it. But, but when we do see the dragon, it looks pretty good for TV. Yeah. You it's, know. It's good good TV CGI. If they kept it around, that would have been kind of cool. I would have loved to have seen a show mm. about a kid and his dragon. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that as a did, kid. They, they did a movie called that. It was called Pete's Dragon. They, also, they, Aragon. They remade it. Um, oh, yeah. Aragon the Dragon. Aragon the Dragon. <laughs> um, there's a lot of stuff I really like about this episode, a lot mm. about this show. Uh, Eddie Izzard is really funny in it. He's oh. vamping it up in more ways than one. Um, every line of dialogue he's got is a sparkler. <laughs> like, he's just damn funny the entire time. I have a feeling that they. Uh, they were only thinking about Grandpa when they wrote this. It's like, mm. what if we remade the monsters and Grandpas like this? Like, 
really monstrous Lothario and everybody else is trying to keep grandpa. Like, it was all very grandpa-centric. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that they get Eddie Izzard, who's a, a bit of a get. He's a you know, world-famous comedian. Everyone in the adult cast is pretty good, like pretty recognizable. His, his film and TV career never really took off. He's best known as a stand-up comedian, but mm-hmm. his stand-up comedy career is gangbusters. And he's got a, good, he, he's got so. a pretty good pedigree on television as yeah. well. Um, uh, but uh, he gets so many good bonbons, and his character is so rich and lascivious and, and monstrous that I feel like the other characters, comparatively, were all underwritten. Well, but it can, again, though, and this is the trick, it is a pilot. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to keep a lot of balls in the air as a pilot, trying to give yeah. everyone at least something. But ultimately, a pilot either has a focus or it's unfocused mm. and then the goal would be as with most shows I imagine was uh, the next subsequent episodes each episode would lean a little more heavily in favor of one character right so they got yeah, a little right. time to shine the uh-huh. actors to grow with the character and let it evolve over a few episodes until they figured out exactly who everyone was and what their take was it feels pretty fully formed though like if this wasn't mm. the first episode yeah I would say to myself this monster show has has an identity it, it does have its own identity identity yes yeah um, I, the gallows humor are a, a little bit more thrill ride than haunted house. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel spooky at all to me. Not especially. Yeah, no. it, it feels moments more, here or there where it's yeah. kind of ghoulish that they're going to eat somebody at the dinner table, but mm. mostly it's just jokey. Yeah, like like it doesn't. There's no menace. There's no fear. There's no horror. And and with these monsters, not a lot. No, because mm. because to them this is normal. That's mm. that is the gag. But the more monstrous they are, the more normal their monstrousness is, and it does feel kind of odd. I'll give you that. Yeah, well, it, and again, if if they were allowed to behave truly monstrousness, and they murdered like eight neighbors in the first episode, <laughs> and that's just normal for them, then I can roll with the the joke that yeah. these are monsters who think that their lifestyle is just sort of normal or just a little bit embarrassing, like. If they treated their monstrousness like monstrousness was like, oh no, we didn't sign the homeowners association agreement, and they'll find <laughs> out. Like they think it's just a little thing, then that would be a good gag. But that gag doesn't play when they're trying to take it seriously mm. as as a more serious sort of comedy horror hybrid thing. Yeah. Um, at the same time, though, mm. I don't know. I, I this is if I had to be totally frank, and I do. Mm. That's my job. <laughs> um. I think this actually is my favorite monsters. Just because the that other might be, ones, that might be fair. Yeah, because again, the original series charming enough, like mm. it was likable, but it wasn't particularly good. It was corny even in the sixties, and yeah. it's only dated. Like the cast was okay, mm. but I didn't particularly, you know, get a lot out of them emotionally or, or otherwise, other than a few chuckles and I like their style. So when I watch this version of the monsters and I see that there's some, and I, and again, it's a pilot. They would have smoothed out the edges. They would have found a more consistent tone over time. Hopefully. Hmm. Um, I see a lot of potential here. Again, I love the whole cast. The whole cast is gangbusters just from, from Marilyn on down. Like they're just, <laughs> they're all wonderful. Hmm. Um, I like the general sense of style. I, you know, Brian Fuller, whether he's executive producing or, or, involved in some other capacity, has a tendency to attach himself to heavily stylized mm-hmm. sort of shows where every set and every costume looks like it came out of a magazine photo shoot. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm fine with. You know, they're they're monsters. They're particular about their style. And there's a certain <laughs> sexiness to the universal monsters. All mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Even Frankenstein. Uh, that I'm all sort of fine with. Everyone just looks 
slick and cool and has their own version of the uniform. Grandpa's crimson robe, which seems like a more of a takeoff of Gary Oldman's Dracula than yeah. Bella Lugosi's as the original Grandpa Monster was. Mm-hmm. But even that's fine. Yeah. I like all that. Um, yeah, I just kind of dug it. Honestly, I, I don't I, love it, but yeah, I kind of dug it. I, I think... Um... I, I was objecting to the tone earlier about how it's like not really playing as a comedy, but yeah, it's sort of a, a light horror show. I guess it functions. Yeah, just not scary horror, but light horror, and there's a there's a place for that. I'm gonna ask because I want to talk about where the show would have gone if it had gone 100 episodes, but mm-hmm. I also want to talk about because I don't have a good answer for why the show didn't get picked up, mm-hmm. and my one thought is probably too expensive with this cast and all of this mm. like visual effects and the set design and everything probably too expensive probably would have been a little better as a half hour sitcom than as an hour long expensive yeah. show the monsters uh, like you're going to reboot the monsters but you're not calling it the monsters is a little bit of an obfuscation perhaps or maybe mm-hmm. the monsters don't have any kind of cultural clout any longer so the producers were a little bit gun shy about putting a lot of money into the monsters, which wouldn't call in a lot of people. I, th- I think they might have overestimated ha- how many people would make the association between Mockingbird. It's like when they did the t- the Batman TV show Gotham. Yeah. We know Gotham. Yeah. Gotham, you know Batman, you know Gotham, etc. Monsters, 50 years ago, there was a show called The Monsters, and they lived on Mockingbird Lane. I don't remember that part as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a, a little bit more like trivia. You should also, call it The Monsters. Also, the original Monsters had a really... Easy selling point. We're going to do a classic American sitcom. We're going to give it this awesome surf rock guitar instrumental theme song. Yes. And it's essentially monsters you recognize. Lily looks like Vampira. Herman Munster looks like the Frankenstein monster. Eddie Munster's very clearly a werewolf. He's got the widow's peak and the pointy ears and the fangs. Yeah. You try to update that. What do they look like? Jerry O'Connell is looks like Jerry O'Connell with a scar around I, his neck. It probably should have gone more, or at least more forthright zombie-ish, like a bit more like a pallid skin yeah. or. Uh, Portia yeah. de Rossi looks like Portia de Rossi. I'm, I imagine she dresses that way around the house. <laughs> Ellen is constantly handing her dresses. Hey, no, put put that on instead. Uh, Eddie Izzard does yeah. have the Gary Oldman thing going though, so that one works. But oh, yeah, um, Eddie, Eddie Izzard is the only one who's very sort of like openly monstrous. Yeah. But what are they spoofing? Like, what are, what are we getting from these monsters? I mean, that's a good point, because the original was a spoof, and this mm. one is, like, you take a, the a spoof of... Some, a spoof, well, yeah. like, like, we're going to take the spoof, and we're going to suck away all the spoof stuff and try to get to the heart of all these characters, when what you'd really have in that case would be the Universal Monsters. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. They've sort of reverse-engineered this and somehow ended up with something totally different. Mm-hmm. That's weird. You're right. I hadn't thought yeah, about so, that. So I think that was... That this is why this this kind of sexed up approach to the monsters is kind of a bad idea. That reverse engineering. We're trying to take the universal monsters and turn them into something honest, but also have it be sort of a light comedic sitcom. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because the issue that you're bringing up with this mm. is that um, because of brand recognition or mm. familiarity with the subject material or the original basis for the monsters. Um, this feels like a weird like left turn yeah. that maybe didn't land. I'm curious, though, and I realize this is a what if, but what if mm-hmm. you'd never seen the monsters? Okay. Maybe they didn't even exist. Okay, there was no monsters. There was never been a monster. Monsters. And this is just the pilot episode of a show called Mockingbird Lane. Okay. Where the dad is a Frankenstein, the mom mm-hmm. is a vampire, the grandpa is Dracula, the kid's a werewolf, mm-hmm. and cousin Marilyn is cousin Marilyn. Yeah. 
Like, try to, for a second, just, just to... divorce re- it from the monsters. Divorce yeah. it from the monsters, divorce it from, from that context. Divorce it from the universal monsters. Mm. Do you like the show better? Uh, a little. Because, again, they're trying to yeah. use this to introduce I, I, maybe new it, people to the franchise. I understand. So maybe so, that, would, that was the main goal. Maybe a little, but I think I would still be a little baffled by the tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I and I love a good horror comedy. Don't get me wrong. You know, kid, kid-friendly kid horror and horror comedy are, are genres I happen to love. But I feel like they can't decide... This is not comedy horror. It's just flippant horror. Where they're just sort of... <laughs> which is a different thing. You know, is, there's all is. these sort of monstrous things, and they're just sort of... They're treating it kind of casually, but it's not casual to the point of laughs. Yeah. I didn't laugh while watching this. I was a little fascinated. I liked... You didn't the, laugh at all during this? Not a lot. I, I got quite a few, actually. Oh, well, okay. I mean, and there weren't like a huge... A lot of guffaws, but I was generally bemused by the character work. Eddie mm. Izzard's... Most of his bone mows got me. Okay. Um, a lot of it's just kind of droll. Like, the bit where uh, Grandpa, like resets Herman and there's that Macintosh turning on always that oh, okay that that part did get me yeah. that part didn't get me I oh, thought right. that part was stupid oh, like right. <laughs> but like that's, I mean it's a, it's a fair oh, joke like right. it's fine it's he, he, it a miss for me the heart is hooked up to a laptop and to start him up we hear the Macintosh startup noise I, I, I got the joke it just didn't land for me I just thought mm-hmm. that one was a little obvious so like you know it's a little hit and miss but I mostly laughed all right most of the jokes more or less landed mm-hmm. um I actually thought this was a pretty strong pilot. I do think probably making it an hour was probably pushing it. Mm. Probably would have been stronger as a really sharp half hour. Yeah, maybe so. More Malcolm in the middle kind of pace. Mm. Um, that might have been a little bit better. Because yeah. I think maybe they had a little too much padding in here. A little too much padding. Yeah. It, it, it just wasn't strange enough. That's all I'm getting at. Okay. But they, they're trying to make it too, too funny, too sexy, not... Not weird, just not unusual. Well, I mean, it is the monsters. The whole point is that they're not that unusual. But they're monsters. (laughs) I know, but look at the original show. Yeah. Like, if if it had a more Malcolm in the Middle sort of tone, and those are monsters. They are. Those characters are are. terrible. (laughs) Yeah. I want the tone of Malcolm in the Middle, but with monsters, like actual monsters, that would have fit a little better, I think. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Um, All right. Well, if it lasted 100 episodes, we would have gotten the same old shit. I would have loved to. Have, <laughs> yeah. I would have loved to have seen like the the Brian Fuller version of mm-hmm. like, oh no, I Marilyn wrote to her aunt Griselda mm-hmm. that actually she is a monster now, and mm-hmm. oh, aunt Griselda's going to visit, and we have to pretend she's a witch or something. <laughs> like I want the that lady, lady for a day plot. Yeah, I want yeah. the lady for a day bullshit plot. Mm-hmm. Like I want that plot. You got to have that plot. Uh, you got to have the the plot where. Uh, Grandpa Munster is like romancing two ladies from the neighborhood, but he makes a date with both of them at the same time. <laughs> and he has to like fly as a bat from one restaurant to See, another. If, if they had their druthers, they would have done like, you know, you know, Gra- Grandpa the Love Master, but like Grandpa's actually staked in one episode and then takes possession of a love machine. <laughs> and they have to like break into the bar and do an exorcism and get him out of there to get him back in his body. Like, and his make body's it, falling apart. Right, you know, make it weird. Make it straight. I mean, this is the Munsters. This is an opportunity to, to send up that stuff. But instead, they're setting up something that I think and I suspect and I fear would have been really myth heavy. And they would have started incorporating all these like season long arcs about these characters that would have come and gone. And there'd be a Van Helsing character who'd be constantly hunting. You should have a Van Helsing. We'd Hel- get into the have back- a neighbor Van Helsing. That'd be kind of funny. Like a Mr. Wilson. A na- yeah. Hey, Mr. Van Helsing. Yeah. That'd that, be kind of fun. Yeah, but it, like, if you got like a, a, a put upon Henry Gibson type, I just can't kill him. <laughs> that would have been great. That'd be funny. 
but, <laughs> head of the neighborhood watch. But they wouldn't have done it. They would have staged him as like, I, it would have gone a little too Buffy the Vampire Slayer for my taste. That's not a show I'm a, a big fan of. So yeah. uh, getting a little too hung up on the ins and outs of the characters, it would have been a really soap opera-ish, and the comedy would have like fallen by the wayside that's not, real early on. That's not what I would want, if the show continued, I would mm. want it to lean more heavily into the comedy. Mm. Let it be a farce. Let it be a goof. Um, let it play up not just old school sitcom tropes, but also tropes of the day. Like you could do a season, you could do a season long parody of like a Desperate Housewives, yeah, you know, yeah. Death on Wisteria Lane mm. subplot, but it's the monsters. Mm. I'm down. Aww. Like play. Like that's something they teased in Scream the series. Oh, I never on MTV. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there were some good ideas that didn't really come to fruition. But one of the things they talked about wasn't so much horror movies, but uh, TV shows. Mm. And the idea of seasonal arcs and like how often people are actually going to die in order to keep it satisfying. We'll still keep the plot going, etc. They never really capitalized on that. But in something like the Monsters, which, again, originally existed to send up not so much Universal Monsters, but mm-hmm. sitcoms, um, you could have done that for more modern shows. Mm-hmm. And it might have been great. Might have been really fun. Mm-hmm. Or it might have stunk. I don't know. I, I Generally speaking, I do like this pilot. Um, so, if and the question of was it canceled too soon? I'm going to say, yeah, I think we should have at least seen what they got. I would have liked to. Have, I think I would have liked at least a season of this, just to see if they could have pulled it together and made it work over the long run. Yeah, you know what? There, there's promise. There's yeah. enough promise that I I could see more. So you know what? Yeah, sure. It was. Yeah. I, I wasn't a big fan, but there's promise, and I th- I think yeah, it's, yeah. This it, isn't it was canceled too. Soon. This isn't one of those pilots where what they proved was this isn't a series. Yeah, they show that there's potential. Maybe the need I, to. I don't necessarily like the ideas, but that doesn't mean yeah. there's not potential. I think the cast is so strong yeah. that yeah. they can mix it around a bit. And if by episode six or seven they haven't found their footing, then yeah, maybe we shouldn't renew it for season mm-hmm. two. But uh, yeah, I, I generally speaking, I dig this. Um, it's a little hard to track down. You can find it online. Mm. Um, there was a time when I think it was readily available on like Amazon Prime, but then they took it down. But you can find it, mm. um, and um, that's cute. It, you can just watch it as like a Halloween special. Like NBC wasn't wrong to market it that way. It's got that kind of tone. Mm. Like we'd made a Monsters TV movie, right? You know, like that, like Adam's Family Reunion or something like that. Like it works. Mm. Um, so yeah, I recommend it. It's it's not amazing, but it's cute, and it's probably a shame that we didn't get a little bit more of it. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's canceled too soon. Bit, fit, of, a sh- bit fit, of a short you, episode. You 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 pushed me in a direction, so that's right. that's fine. It's a, it's a short episode of the podcast, but it's a one episode of television. What do you want from us? Hmm. We'll be back next uh, in a, just a few days, yeah. actually, uh, with our review of the BBC's Jekyll from Stephen Moffat, the former executive producer of Doctor Who, who also co-created. Sherlock, and it's his version of Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. Uh, I was a big fan of that show when it first came out. It's been an interesting watch revisiting it 10 years later. Uh, And I'm very curious about what your thoughts on it as well, Whitney. So we'll Mm. get back to that real soon as Ghastly Toba continues. (laughs) (laughs) And so forth. And so forth. And so forth. Um, Want to thank everybody once again. Uh, If you want to write us uh, our new letters, email, thing <laughs> address we, we we've decided to sort of par- pair out our letters into uh part of the critically claim network so um now so, we have just a letters episode every week uh it's called we've got mail you can hear it on mm. this on this feed 
Um, and we ask, we'll answer uh, questions about Cancel Too Soon, Critically Acclaimed, literally anything else you want to talk about. Uh, but our new email address for that, we still have our old email address for Cancel Too Soon. So if you wrote us, we still got it. We might, we might read it. Uh, <laughs> but, we're, we're literally a year behind on those letters, though. Oh, so, yeah. oh, we're so bad. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. Uh, this show is at Cancelled Cast, but we might start phasing that out a bit and focusing more on at Critic Acclaim mm. as the main banner. Um, and uh, also, a very special thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, everyone who subscribes at patreon.com slash Critic Acclaim, you are instrumental in keeping these podcasts alive. Absolutely we, you are. We could um, not do it without you. If, Literally, we couldn't. It would be impossible. If you are one of the uh, $20 and above subscribers, you get a copy of The Tenth Muse, my radio program. Yeah. My, my audio drama. I don't even know what to call it. I used to call them radio shows, but nobody listens to them on it's radio. A, it's anymore. an audio drama. It's an audio drama. There you and go. Uh, yeah, I wrote and made an audio drama with a cast. It's got a song. It's got music, sound effects, the whole schmear. Uh, it's about it has time travel and the the ancient Greek poet has Sappho's character and there's a talking crab in it. I've seen people who have like downloaded it and mm. bought it from you, uh, tweeting you about it, and you've gotten some effusive praise. So some people have really liked it, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, so there and, might uh, be more coming from Whitney Seibold. There, in the there might be some uh, pretty soon, in fact, if I can get it together. Uh, if if you li- if you like that one, you get more. Uh, if, if you want to buy it, just piecemeal. I can just sell it to you for ten bucks. Just hit me up on. Uh, any of the social media you can find me on. I can email you a copy. But if you subscribe on Patreon at the $20 or more tier, uh, you get that. You get also commentary tracks. Uh, if you subscribe at the next tier under, you don't get the commentary tracks or the 10th Muse, but you do get uh, our Star Trek podcast, all our yesterdays. You get our Oscars podcast, Only the Best, where we review every Best Picture nominee ever. Uh, if you subscribe at the $5 tier or below, uh, you get our Cancel Too Soon monthly movie podcast, and every subscriber gets to vote for future episodes, just like you voted for Mockingbird Lane, just like you voted for Jekyll. So thank you, everybody, everybody who subscribes on Patreon, everybody who uh, decides to sign up on Patreon. And if you can't afford it, we totally get mm-hmm. it. I can't afford it. So, uh, But if you have the opportunity, leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find us. Tell a friend. That would be really, really helpful, too. Uh, we hope you have a really wonderful day slash week slash Halloween season. And uh, that's a wrap. We'll see you next season. Thank you.